Do you ever find yourself yearning to look beyond the obvious and dreaming about what's possible in your next chapter? Welcome to the Next Chapter Experience. I'm your host, Jeanette Lissette, former corporate executive who turned the page to become a best-selling author, entrepreneur, designer, and lifestyle business consultant. Episodes feature me and a kaleidoscope of guests who share their journeys with wit, candor, and humor, breathing life into real talks about things that matter most. I believe we all have a fire burning within us, waiting to be unleashed and shared with the world. It may just be a matter of time. So let's get together, turn the page, and get this adventure started. Welcome to the Next Chapter Experience with Jeanette Blissett. Today's guest is Erica Gilbert. And Erica is the founder of FitMind, FitBody, FitBank. And she's here today to talk about her discoveries and the things that matter most to her as it relates to FitBank. Erica is a marketing consultant as well as a brand builder and personal coach. I think of Erica as a dreamer and she thinks of herself as a dreamer, but she's also a doer. So she just doesn't dream about it. She gets it done. She's an entrepreneur. She's a lover of a lot of fine things. She's a world traveler. Um, She understands people. She loves jazz and she loves a dry martini. And so do I. (laughs) As well as, and this is one of the most important things right about now is a lover of appreciating assets. And Erica is here to talk about FitBank and welcome to the Next Chapter Experience. Oh, it's an absolute honor to be here. And I can see that you've done your homework. <laughs> that was a wonderful introduction. Very, very much welcome. Well, you know what? I- I'm sure that a lot of our guests are wondering, like, who is Erica Gilbert? And tell us a little bit more about your background. I know you've been a world traveler for quite a while. I know we've been connected now for the last three years, but tell the audience a little bit more about you. Long story short, uh, yes, I was a world traveler. Thanks to a fabulous career I had on cruise ships. I was an art auctioneer and uh, it was probably the the 10 best years of my life, uh, just traveling around the you know entire globe, just living the, the high life. And uh, this is why, you know, we'll get into it later on in the podcast, why FitBank is so important is because through absolute no fault of my own, my entire career was destroyed overnight with the financial crash of 2008. And that really put me in a tailspin for probably three years because I'd spent, you know, the better part of a decade building up this really solid career. I was at the top of my game. I'd reached uh, the top 10 art auctioneers in the largest private owned art gallery in the world. And overnight, it was pretty much decimated. And so it took me three years to pivot to my next chapter, Mm -hmm. which brought me online trying to work out how I could create a business on the internet that was completely solely mine, something that no, no one could take away from me. I did a couple of businesses that involved leadership from other people. And when their leadership faltered, my business suffered. And I made the mistake of doing that twice. And then the third time, I think I've learned my lesson. I need to create a business on the internet that is completely my own, that no one else can touch, that no one else can interfere with, that no one can take away from me. And that really was the foundation for what I'm doing today uh, in creating programs and boot camps for people to come and learn certain online skills and then take those skills and build a business of their own. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the history of how, how we get to, 
this present moment. How and why over the last, um, I would say, two years, you know, what led you into this appreciating asset space? You know, what was it about that space that intrigued you enough to really, really dig down and really put your head down and truly, you know, get, get you know, involved in understanding some of the aspects of that? The truth be known, um, <laughs> I had to kind of start my life over and it became really apparent that I was not in control of my personal finances. And I think, um, you know, a, a lot of women, men as well, but specifically women have been brought up to maybe not not quite be so financial savvy. You know, uh, I know, you know, when I was growing up, the thing that I was kind of taught was, you know, find a good man, settle down and, you know, do that kind of thing. Right. Mm -hmm. I never really conformed to that model. However, it was kind of the sentiment was there that, you know, when you're married, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, so the, the marriage dissolved and it took me a little while to realize that I needed to find my own financial footing. That was kind of what led me on a discovery to where we are today, which is looking at a particular asset that is very, very new uh, for a lot of people. It's kind of shrouded in a lot of mystery and seemingly looks a little bit complicated, but it's something that, you know, I've been really digging into for the last, you know, 12 to 18 months. And I personally feel that if we can educate people more about this particular asset, I think a lot of women in particular are going to feel extremely empowered uh, by knowing. And the key thing that I am so passionate about now is getting this message out far and wide so that people are more open to looking uh, at what this space is all about. I can understand that. And from my experience in the financial services industry for those decades and working with um, not only women and just people in general who would benefit from deepening their understanding of why creating a financial foundation that's solid is in their best interest. You know, after meeting several having deep conversations about what matters most to them regarding their finances. What I've discovered over time is that many people have very unique relationships with money. That's the first thing. The second thing in working with women, um, there is a um, sometimes a belief that someone else is going to take care of it. Mm -hmm. So therefore, you know, they don't have to spend as much time because they're busy doing other things in many cases, managing their lives, managing their households, managing their children and so on and so forth. And it's one of the things that gets actually further and further down on the list of priorities. So you brought this into focus, especially for women, of course, you know, men as well, but focusing on women in terms of financial empowerment. Tell us a little bit more about how you methodically went about educating yourself. I mean, what are some of the things you did to broaden your your mindset. First off, uh, one of the things that made me quite fearful about the future was that uh, I realized that I have absolutely no retirement funds set aside. I'm into the next chapter of my life, <laughs> past 50. And it's kind of like, wow, I've, I've kind of missed the boat in, in you know building a traditional retirement fund. And I happened upon uh, an article that was talking about a, a certain cryptocurrency. And prior to that revelation that I have absolutely no retirement, I was very, I don't want to say anti 
crypto, but very skeptical, shall we say, about what cryptocurrency was all about. Because all I'd seen is, you know, you know, what's on the news and it, it didn't look good. It didn't look like a, an industry that I'd be attracted to. And when I, you know, kind of looked around, it was dominated by, you know, 21 year old guys sitting behind, you know, these big computer screens, like day trading and, you know, not getting any sleep and looking like they're completely, you know, jacked up on Coca-Cola and like Doritos. I'm like, that is not a place for me. But I happened upon an article. And in this article, they happened to mention that there was a certain cryptocurrency that had an ISO 20022 regulation. And I had worked in the computer industry back in my 30s, and we used to deal with the government. And in order to work with the government, we needed to have an ISO regulation on the computer hardware that we were importing. So I knew how many hoops had to be jumped through for this particular cryptocurrency to have this ISO 20022 regulation. It's an international standard and it has to do with communications, but it's very difficult to get. And when I saw that standard, I'm like, hmm, wait a minute, let me empty my cup and see what this is all about. So I literally spent the next 10, 12, 14 months reading every single article I could about the company, understanding all of the technology that they were creating uh, in the industry, learning all of the business partners that this company was associated with, and then delving into exactly what is a digital asset? What is a cryptocurrency? What is their use case? What is the utility? What do these things do? And what I discovered is that we are literally on the brink of an entirely new way of using money. Cash is going by the wayside. We're moving more and more into a contactless digital system. And cryptocurrency is very, very quickly becoming what we will all be using as we use fiat cash today. And a lot of people don't realize this, but there are little ATM machines popping up everywhere. They've got these little crypto signs on them. Lots of restaurants and cafes are accepting crypto. And it's really not going to be a big transition from what we're seeing, what we're using today. You got me a little bit excited about that as well. And I became hyper hyper aware, <laughs> you know, of the, uh, the the future as it relates to digital currencies. And uh, I have to tell you, anytime I have physical dollars, it's, I get anxious. I don't want them. You know, it's almost as if I've become so accustomed to to transacting business um, digitally that mm-hmm. when I actually have physical paper, if you will, or even coins, mm-hmm. it's a little odd. It seems mm-hmm. odd if I have to go to the bank and actually make a deposit with cash, I ask myself, why do I have to do this? And what other way is there? That's the 1980s. So to your point, though, as I um, talk with people young and and more mature about the the fact that we are in that digital space right now and and realizing that there are so many transactions that we are taking for granted in how we conduct our financial matters, that it, it aligns very well with the direction that I see us going. Let's, let's transition a little bit just for understanding, because from just a personal experience, when you and I began talking about digital currencies and fiats and, and, and cryptos and things of that nature, it's not that I was opposed to it. It was just so foreign to me. I knew that I had to do some homework like you did and you went to the nth degree with yours. <laughs> 
know, I'm not even one tenth of where you are from that perspective. However, there were things that I had definitely needed to get under my belt from an understanding perspective before I could move forward and embrace this. What would you say would be the top, say, three to five things a person should do if they're interested in at least becoming somewhat familiar with this space or increase your comfort level with this concept? Yeah. Absolutely. The first thing I did was I started to research crypto blogs so that I could start understanding the lingo. Like when I first got into this, I was pretty much Googling every second word because they speak a different language. And that can be very, very intimidating at first because they don't speak English. They speak crypto and it is a whole, <laughs> it is a whole other language, right? So the first thing I'd recommend people do is here's the easiest way to do it. Just write in what does hodling mean in crypto, right? So just put in a nice long thing there and Google will give you some really great um, websites to go and look at. So start getting familiar with the lingo and start being comfortable with that. And the next thing I would highly recommend doing is going to a URL called coinmarketcap.com. And on coinmarketcap.com, you're going to find thousands of coins and then start looking at a few of the top 10 top 20, top 30, top 40, and just start doing a little bit of research on various coins. For me, my learning curve was shortened because I was only interested in one particular coin. So that was the only thing that I did a deep dive on. But once you start getting uh, into the space, you start picking up, you know, a little bit of chatter about other coins that are taking off and doing stuff. The third thing I would highly recommend is that you look at the company, not just the coin. It is very, very important from my perspective to be choosing using coins with utility. That means coins that actually do something, coins that actually solve a problem in the marketplace. Fourth thing I look for when I'm looking at a, a coin is I'm looking for the vision of the directors, the vision of the innovators, the vision of the designers. Mm -hmm. If there is no bold vision there, then my gut tells me this coin isn't going to last because there's no vision, right? And then the last thing I would recommend one does is one plays and has fun with this. My strategy when I first got in was to only ever, ever use money that I was completely happy to lose. So this is a story that I tell all the time because it puts it all in perspective as to why I have zero emotion regarding any of my uh, coins that I hold. If they go to zero, I don't care because the very first investment I made, it was $200. And I was completely in love with a pair of boots in the middle of winter. And these were the most beautiful boots you have ever seen. I love boots. I'm a boot girl. And I desperately wanted these boots. But then I looked at the boot and I asked myself, in 10 years time, where will these boots be? No doubt in the trash. And in 10 years time, if I put this $200 into this coin that I've been researching, where could it be? And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to sit back, relax and make my first investment. And I was nervous. I didn't know if my money was just going to disappear into a big black hole. It's like, oh my goodness, what have I done? Right? It's nerve wracking the first time around. You know, you're pressing buttons you've never pressed before. You're, you're looking at charts you've never looked before. It's like, oh my goodness. But the transaction was good. And then my strategy after that was, was, you know what? I'm going to curb back my entertainment and anything that I would have, like, you know, if I was going to go to the shop and buy a bottle of wine, I'm like, you know what? 
I'm going to sit at home with a you know glass of Perrier and put that wine money into this coin. And for a long period of time, uh, instead of going out having a coffee or instead of going out having lunch on the canal, I would take that money and put it into this particular coin. And over the period of six or seven months, I amassed quite a pretty little portfolio on this one particular coin by going without. So it wasn't like I'd pulled money from my savings. I didn't pull it from somewhere that I needed it. I used my entertainment budget and I put it all into crypto. So if it goes to zero tomorrow, I don't care because I would have either eaten it drunk it, worn it, or had fun with it. Do you know what I mean? And I had a ball. I had a ball. It is so exciting. Well, from that story you told me, I had to fashion my own approach to um, how I wanted to handle uh, moving into this space. Like you, but I understood that in order to get the education I needed around this, I needed to become familiar with the aspects of um, of, of buying and, and, and not really selling because I've discovered through exposure with you what my my personality from a crypto investor is, and for the benefit of our listen- listeners, I am considered a hodler. <laughs> and you might be wondering what that is. Well, a hodler, I've learned, is a person who holds on for dear life. And um, I have no no interest in day trading or anything like that. Now that I'm into recycling glass bottles with some of my artwork, and I make a few dollars doing that, that has now become my crypto money. So to Erica's point, it's really not about taking a mass amount of money out of your savings or anything like that. It truly is the extra money that comes your way or, you know, to your point, you have to develop your approach to it as you as you become familiar with, with the space. You know, some people are day traders and they get in hog deep and and that's their their preference certainly was not mine. Let me back it up for a second. You talked about utility. Can you share what that means when you when you talk about the utility of a coin? It means that the coin actually does something. Like people actually use it for a purpose as opposed to like everyone's heard of Doge. Can I share my favorite coin? Sure. Okay. If this helps your listeners be empowered and get them excited about crypto and, and, you know, help them on their way, more than happy to. The coin that first caught my attention is a coin called XRP. It bridges cross-border payments. So in simple language, if I want to send traditionally, you know, $10,000 from London and I want to send this $10,000 to New York in a traditional system, I have to go through something called the SWIFT system, which is basically like a telegram service for money. So the money can take five days to get from London to New York. And along the way, a lot of fees are involved. A lot of money changes hands with a lot of different uh, institutions. They use that money in that five-day period. They make, you know, interest on it, right? And then eventually it lands in New York. It would be quicker for you to jump on a plane in London, fly to New York and take the money there yourself. So a couple of designers got together and they looked at the payments industry and they're like, hmm, I see a problem. We're bright boys. How can we solve it? And so they did, they developed the technology to send that $10,000 to New York in three seconds flat for pennies on the dollar. And they then took this idea to bank and they just very, very quietly went bank to bank to bank, showing their technology, showing how they can save them time and money. And the banks slowly got on board. So that's what we mean by utility, a coin that actually does something. So the basic premise of this particular coin is to facilitate cross 
cross-border payments in fractions of a second for fractions of a penny and very inexpensive uh, with the carbon footprint, very, very low energy cost. So that's what I'm talking about with utility. Now, you may be asking, well, how do I find out if a coin has utility? When you go onto coinmarketcap.com and you click on a particular coin, what you're looking for at the top of the page is something called a white paper. And a white paper is the vision of the company. Now, if that white paper is a little bit thin, (laughs) chances are not a lot of utility, right? So I always investigate the company. I want to know who or what is behind this coin that I'm investing in? Because I want to know that this is a solid investment. But actually what's coming to to my mind and probably perhaps the minds of of our listeners is that it sounds like a lot of work. It sounds like a lot of work. And I understand that a lot of this can be, I don't want to use the word overwhelming, but it's comprehensive. However, understanding what it takes to build a strong financial base or foundation, and uh, it takes uh, some some dedicated focus and attention. What I've found is that those of of us who have spent the time and effort to do a little bit of research or to build their understanding of what it will take to build a strong financial base, it's generally worth it to do. So for women who want to empower themselves, there's a learning curve involved. And we've been talking a little bit about that curve. I know I was in that curve at the very beginning of my career, you know, in the financial services arena. And of course, now this is a new arena that I'm in, a new space that I'm in as it relates to the digital or cryptocurrency space. And there is a bit of a learning curve, but if I'm using myself as an example, I mean, I started doing the things that you recommend to do, to understand what are the top 10 coins that are out there, do a little bit more research. I know researching the company, becoming familiar with the lingo, the most confusing lingo that I came across was what blockchain was. I mean, I went back and, you know, back and forth on that for forever to understand the security aspects of, of cryptocurrencies. And certainly we, we want our listeners to understand that you absolutely are in love with XRP. <laughs> It certainly is your opinion, okay? And there's going to be a lot of opinions because there'll be a few listeners who are, you know, pro Bitcoin because it's a it's a store of value type coin that may not have as much so called utility outside of just owning it for its value is what I understand. There's some folks who are just 100% Bitcoin and that's a beautiful thing because Mm -hmm. it fits within their investment profile. And we're talking about things that uh, perhaps fit or align with your, your money relationship profile, if you will. Getting back to the premise, which is empowerment for women to see that there's opportunities outside of the traditional way of saving and investing, opening up a little bit in terms of perspective and mindset around using another type of assets or, or investment philosophy to help you grow your base. There's no guarantee as to how anything is going to grow, but at least to provide some diversity in your efforts toward growing your financial base. Erica, you talked about saving for your own retirement. And certainly there are many financial companies in the traditional sense that are allowing um, investors to use alternative currencies to fund their retirement 
climate. And um, that's something to take note of, really, really grab onto. So let's now shift the conversation a little bit to our focus on empowerment. Now, why in this chapter of your life, and it doesn't have anything to do with age, it's just focus. You know, um, Are you totally committed to supporting just women or is would it be anyone who comes to you and, and would like to, to, to get into conversation about practical approaches they can use towards so saving for the future? Oh, I'm open to talking to everyone. However, I am completely fascinated with how many women are in some of the biggest financial positions in the world. Christine Lagarde from the you know European Central Bank. You've got Janet Yellen. Interestingly enough, this is fascinating, the 34th ex-treasurer of the United States Treasury by the name of Rosie Rios has just joined the board of Ripple. Now, for all your listeners, this is what I'm talking about when I'm saying, you know, do your research, do your research on the company. I'm like, Rosie Rios, she is revered. She's the woman that signs the $100 notes. She's the woman that uh, personally audits all of the gold in Fort Knox. Now she's on the board of my company that I love so much, right? So it's just beautiful to see so many women in so many powerful positions in finance. But when it comes to to the, the, you know, the everyday woman, I think some of us have been blindsided by realizing that there is no one coming in on a big white horse to save us. It's on us. But in this day and age, I think it's really, really super important for women to know that with a tiny, a tiny little bit of education in the cryptocurrency space, they can be financially independent beyond their wildest dreams and never once have to think, oh, I need to get married to be secure. Because I look, I'm speaking from personal experience. I thought I needed to be married to be secure. Right. And that's very strange that I actually ended up thinking that because I was always financially independent before I got married. But when I got married, my mindset changed. And all of a sudden it was a, not a me thing. It was a we thing. And then the we thing broke up and I'm like, now it's back to a me thing. I ain't got nothing. (laughs) That was silly. That was very silly. Well, that's life experience and the wisdom that comes along with it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so for me, cryptocurrency is an avenue for women to explore, to empower themselves, to be completely financially independent and secure for the rest of their lives so that they never have to depend on anything outside of themselves for their financial independence. And for me, the financial independence is one of the most important things you can have as a woman mm-hmm. so that you can make better choices in life uh, for yourself and for you know those you love around you. I know a lot of women make choices based on necessity. And for me, that's heartbreaking. If they just had access to this particular knowledge that we're sharing here today, today in today's podcast a lot of women i think would free themselves environments and situations that are not in their best interest you know how many times have i heard someone say oh but i have to stay for the kids appreciate that so tell uh, me a little bit more about the whole concept around fitbank and what you your intentions are with that my intention with this particular program that we've uh, devised is to educate as many people as I possibly can, as fast as I can, on why crypto is the way of the future and why people need to act now. I am telling you, if you get in early, you're about to witness the greatest transfer of wealth the world has ever seen. And I say that with my with my heart on my, my hand on my heart. You wait. <laughs> I can appreciate that. You know, we've had this conversation before and... Uh... It's daunting. It's a, it's a daunting task. And I can respect your initiative around FitBank and, and trying to expose as many people as possible to the opportunities 
that they have once they expand their mindset beyond just a traditional way of approaching saving and investing for the now and for the future. Mm-hmm. So I know I've been a part of your Fit Bank, you know, you call it boot camp for the exposure piece of it, and also to interact with others who are on the same path in terms of developing their understanding around the um, alternative um, investments, you know, spending just a little bit of time, even if it's 10 or 15 minutes to, to, to delve into the area that you're really trying to better understand. I started out with the uh, with blockchain, just trying to understand blockchain, trying to understand what Bitcoin was, trying to understand what store of value actually meant versus utility. Doing some research now, that's where I'm at right now with individual companies that I'm interested in from the standpoint of what their coin actually does. Where's the benefit you know, to their coin versus the, the celebrity of their coin, if you will. Mm-hmm. And then certainly having fun with it. You know, After dipping and dabbling in other types of traditional investments like stocks and bonds, and you have your, some may have a 401k, some might have maybe some additional retirement investments already started. That's fantastic. Um, however, to possibly balance that, then it could be a case for looking into digital currencies to create the balance. I am certainly 100% in with the concept of that digital is the future. Digital currencies is the future. As companies start to buy into it, our, you know, many of our banks are, are accepting cryptos. Many of our investment companies are accepting crypto and payments. Many companies are actually paying their employees with crypto, which mm-hmm. is quite interesting <laughs> and quite a transition and change for a lot of people. You know, So as we start to expand, it's almost like a ripple effect, if you will, over time, more exposure, I think, will bring more understanding. So I certainly do appreciate the conversation that we're having today to bring to our audience, which is the reason why I thought it was, would be interesting to have this conversation with you, uh, Erica, because we've spent most recently months talking about what's happening in this space. So between this and fit mind in terms of mindset around accepting or at least being open you know, to hearing about this. Your listeners have an opportunity to be part of something that up until now is not that well known. Every man and his dog knows about Bitcoin, right? But a laggard in this scenario is someone who buys Bitcoin at what we would call the top, which in today's date, you know, we're in the middle of May, is about 60,000. If you're buying Bitcoin at 60,000, I'm sorry to have to say this to you, but you are a laggard, right? If you were buying Bitcoin in the early days when it was like eight cents, right? That's getting in and you would have been the 1% of the 1%, right? But these opportunities always come around. They always come around again. And this is why I'm so passionate about XRP and the company Ripple because, right, only 1% of 1% of the entire world's population own any. You are so early to this particular niche. It's ridiculous. Like people don't even know about this coin. They don't know about it. And very few people have done the depth of research that I've done to understand why this coin is so important, why it's so valuable, why it's going to change the world. You know, it's already changing the world, but not a lot of people know about it. Technically speaking, the only people who really know about it are big banks because they're the ones using it, right? But there's going to come a time when there is no, absolutely no reason why XRP couldn't do what Bitcoin has done. Right. And that's where the utility piece comes in based on what it can do and how efficient it is. When I read and get exposed to the media as it relates to this space, you hear a lot about efficiency and the 
time it takes and the money it takes to to transfer money from one country to another country. The developers around Ripple, you know, were able to figure out a more efficient way, a greener way, you know, if you will, of transferring that currency. It just seems to make sense. At least it makes sense to me. And that is a great point. I'm so glad you brought that up, the greener way. One of the biggest catchphrases uh, of our time right now is climate control and reducing our carbon footprint. And this is why I'm so, one of just one of many reasons why I'm so excited about XRP because they've actually joined the Crypto Climate Accord. I'm not sure if that's exa- its exact name, but you've got to be, you know, climate friendly and be committed to reducing carbon footprint to even be admitted. So the beautiful thing about Ripple is that they're completely focused on being clean and green. And that's, that's the future we're moving into. So yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Well, you know, this is quite a, a fascinating conversation. I thought there'd be great value to our listeners, at least to open up the channels from even an imagination standpoint of what the future could look like as it relates to, to investments and savings and, and especially appearing for the future. I've said this before, I do believe the digital currencies is the future and it's already taking place right now. The question is whether or not your eyes are open to what truly is going on. There's America. How can any of our listeners reach you? And I'll put you know, your contact information in the show notes. How would you like to be contacted if our listeners would like to reach out to you? The best place uh, socially would be Facebook. Just send me a private message there. Or (laughs) I'm quite active on Twitter. So yeah, I'm actually very active on Twitter. So you're more than welcome to send me a a direct message there. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me and to have this conversation all about expanding our mindsets. I mean, because you've heard me say this before, mindset is everything. I appreciate you, Erica. I appreciate your listeners, you know, who are are tuned in to today's episode. Thanks so much. Let's keep the conversation going. All righty. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Next Chapter Experience. If you have already subscribed, rated and left a review or shared this podcast with a friend, many, many thanks. For questions, comments or feedback, reach out to me at Jeanette Lissette at nextchapterexperience.com. We'll be back with more conversations. So until then, keep that fire burning. <laughs>